Uh, Carol's going to come and read to us from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Which is on page 1169 of Bibles from the Foyer. Paul and Silas, Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We always thank you for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Second reading is from John chapter 10, starting at verse 1. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep, and all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved, and he will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief, only come, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. 
This command I received from my father. Today, Jesus is irrelevant. Uh, there are some people who are openly antagonistic to Jesus. They hate Jesus and they will tell you so. But most people simply think he is irrelevant. Some of them think Jesus is a myth, uh, he's a fairy tale, and so he's about as relevant as one of the Greek gods. Others think Jesus was real, but he's way out of date, so he's about as relevant as a telegram machine. Most people simply think this, I think. I'm okay without Jesus. Life is going well. I'll be all right. Why would I need Jesus? Today, Jesus is irrelevant. And so for Christians who believe in Jesus and are sheep that hear his voice and want to make disciples, that is, other people to become Christians, it's very hard, isn't it? We get discouraged and wonder, is it really worth trying? Will anyone ever listen? Is Jesus really relevant or are we just living in a fairy tale? We get discouraged and so we keep quiet because everyone else seems to think that Jesus is irrelevant. Well, tonight I want to do something very simple. I simply want to show you, I want to persuade you of four crucial needs or wants that everyone has and that Jesus satisfies. Four things, four things that everyone wants that Jesus fulfills and they are right here in John 10 and if we're persuaded about them, we'll see that Jesus is relevant and want to make disciples. The first one is this, we all want a strong and good leader. Whether you're in a team, or a school, a business or a nation, you want a good and strong leader. Just look at the Americans over the last year. The millions of dollars, the passion, the aggression that has been spent on just working out who the two candidates are in the presidential election. They want a strong and good leader. The Jews, the people that Jesus is from, they had strong leaders. Ezekiel described them as shepherds who were to strong in their strength, look after the sheep, but they were not good leaders. They exploited the sheep. And that's exactly what happens in John 9. There's a blind man whom Jesus heals. The leaders refuse to believe in Jesus despite the miracle and they abuse the man. They abuse the sheep. And so Jesus says, chapter 10, verse 8, all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. We know about leaders like that, don't we? Who promise so much but really come to steal and kill and destroy. You think Hitler, you think Chairman Mao, you think Pol Pot. They steal, they kill, they destroy. Our leaders in Australia are not that bad, are they? But we are disillusioned with them. I remember a friend of mine who was really 
very keen on a particular one of the last few prime ministers that we've had and was overjoyed when he got into office. But just two years later, he said to me, he's not the man I thought he was. He was disillusioned. Jesus is a strong leader. We have this sentimental view of a shepherd somehow who uh, sort of wears these funny clothes and holds the cute little lamb in his arms. But that's not a shepherd here. The shepherd leads, leads by his voice. He confronts a wolf when the sheep are attacked. And verse 16, he has authority over death. He tells it like it is. He calls these leaders thieves and robbers. Does that get him into trouble? You bet he gets executed for it. He is a strong leader, but he's also good. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Everyone wants a strong and good leader. And we know so many people who are disillusioned and disappointed with our leaders. Is Jesus relevant? You bet he is. And it's not just that he leads, that he's a strong and good leader. Jesus satisfies our deepest longing. For we all want to be known and loved. Some people's deepest longing at the moment is to find Pokemons. Uh, Pokemon Go is the thing at the moment, isn't it? And you see people out and about, teenagers, enjoying the outdoors by staring at their phones, finding Pokemons. It is so popular, in fact, that the downloads of Pokemon Go have outstripped those of dating apps. Isn't that extraordinary? Indeed, even on Google searches, the Google searches for Pokemon have been greater than for pornography. For a short time. Our deepest longings are not for Pokemons, are they? You can tell in this sort of strange way through the dating apps and our searches for pornography that actually our deepest longings are to be known and to be loved. The reality is that Pokemon Go will go before too long. But our search for relationship, to be known and to be loved, will go on. Can Jesus satisfy that? Have a look at verse 14. Is he relevant? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. He calls them by name, he says. His sheep follow because they know his voice. But more than that, have a look at verse 14. How much, how well does he know them? I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. From all eternity, the Father has known the Son. They know each other intimately. And Jesus says, that's how I know my sheep. It's a scary thought, really, isn't it? That someone would know you like that. 
No, your selfish thoughts, your critical thoughts, what you are like when no one sees. Indeed, Jesus knows that without him, I'm actually an enemy of Jesus. I turned away from him. But have a look at verse 14 again. He knows me. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for the sheep. This week was the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Fromels. It is the worst day in Australian military history. It is the worst day in Australian history, full stop. Almost 2,000 Australians were killed in just one day. They laid down their lives. For what? For king and for country and for their mates. And sort of for nothing, because the whole thing was a failure. But what they did not do, most certainly, was to lay down their lives for their enemies. Jesus said, no, there is no greater love than this, than a man lays down his life for his friends. But there is a greater love than that, and it is what Jesus did. He laid down his life for those he knew, for those he knew were his enemies. I listened to a talk this past week on John 10, and the talk was titled this, What would Jesus say to Angelina Jolie? It's a great question, isn't it? The beautiful, highly successful actress, also involved in humanitarian causes. What would Jesus say to her? Her first de facto relationship, live-in boyfriend, was at the age of 14. She's had multiple relationships since then, including three marriages, including one relationship with another woman. She's led an extraordinary life. But in a sense, she is just like everyone else. She longs to be known and to be loved. What would Jesus say to Angelina Jolie? He'd say exactly the same thing to you and I. I know my sheep and I lay down my life for my sheep. We all want to be known and we all want to be loved. And Jesus is relevant. Thinking bigger than ourselves for just a moment, we all also want unity and peace. You just have to look at the news, don't you? And hear about yet another bombing, yet another shooting. You think Nice or Munich in the last few days, or you think some of us about our own families and our friends. Conflict is everywhere. And some people will tell us that there are solutions. Education will fix our problems. Democracy, if we spread it around the world. Diplomacy will end conflicts. Some people will even tell you the solution is sport. We're about to see that in a couple of weeks, aren't we? They still teach those ideas to our children in our schools. 
and they get persuaded. But I don't think any adults really buy it anymore. We do not have the solution. Some people think Jesus is irrelevant to all of that, that he can't help. Some people even think that he causes these conflicts. That is a complete myth. And don't let people tell you that, will you? Jesus can bring unity. He says that in verse 16. Do you see it there? I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. It's quite cryptic, this verse, because it's a, it's a metaphor, clearly. But this cryptic reference to this sheep pen. What is this sheep pen? Well, Jesus is a Jewish person. He is talking to Jewish people. They are the sheep of this sheep pen. And there's a great hope all the way through the Old Testament that one day the message of God's love and blessing would go to all the other nations. Jesus says, I must bring them also, and there'll be one flock and one shepherd. Can Trump unite his own political party? Can he unite America? Jesus can unite black and white Americans. He is doing it already in the churches. He can unite the enemies of Rwanda despite their civil war. He unites people together, not through some denominations when they merge and have a con combined name, therefore they're united. No, his sheep listen to his voice. And so there is one flock and one shepherd. Is Jesus relevant? Yes. He brings unity and peace, and one day he will finish the job. Jesus is relevant. We want a good and strong leader. He is one. Jesus is relevant. We want to be known and loved, and he does. And Jesus is relevant. He brings unity and peace. I guess there could be some people who think they don't need those things. I don't want a leader, they say. I'm my own leader. As for being known and loved, well, my family, you should meet them. We're full of knowledge of one another and love. I don't feel that need. And really, my life's very peaceful. Well, there is a simple response to that. You are going to die. And you want a solution. When I was 12, my youngest brother was born. His name was Alexander. At the age of five weeks, he suddenly stopped breathing. My mother went into his cot to pick him up, and he was dead. He had died of what was called cot death, which just means we don't know why he died. And at the age of 12, it suddenly struck me that death was very real, very sudden, could happen to me at any moment, and life would come to an end. And I wanted a solution. 
At the age of 12, I can remember riding down the street on my bike with tears streaming down my face at the thought that 12 whole years had gone from my life and would never come back again. Death is real and everyone wants a solution. Some people will tell you there is no solution, you just have to come to terms with it. But they would want a solution if there was one. That would be relevant. Well, Jesus is a very strong leader at this point. Have a look at verse 17. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Jesus is not the first or the last to lay down his life of his own accord. He has authority to do that like everyone else in a sense. But only he has authority to take it up again. Do you understand that? He's laid down his life so he's dead. And he's saying at that point, when he's dead, he has authority to take it up again. The dead person raises himself. That is authority. And not just the solution and the power for him, because he lays down his life for the sheep, he pays for their failures, for being enemies against him, he dies for them and deals with sin, so he has authority to raise his sheep as well. They will be saved. Jesus gives us what we want, a solution to death. A few weeks ago on Sunday night there was a show on TV about cryogenics. Are you familiar with cryogenics? When someone is dying and they don't want to die, there is no other solution. They get themselves frozen. Frozen until such time that medical science has developed and they can then be thawed and restored, healed, because medical science will have improved. There was a particular person on this show who I suspect her treatment may have been funded by being on the show, I'm not sure. But anyway, her brain tumour meant that she was dying. She was in her young, early 20s. And they extracted her brain before she finally died, froze it in a machine so that one day it would be extracted, treated, and I guess... Put in a body. It shows the desperation, doesn't it? That people want a solution. But frankly, it's a very poor solution. A slither of a hope. And even if it works, she will then die anyway. We want a solution to death. A solution to death would be relevant. Jesus gives that solution and is relevant. People think that Jesus is irrelevant, but we all want a good and strong leader. He is one. We all want to be known and loved. He does that. We all want unity and peace. He brings that. And we all want a solution to death and he is it. No wonder Jesus says, verse 10, I have come that they may have life and life to the 
full? Can you see how relevant Jesus is? Are you fully persuaded? Can you see that he's actually relevant not just for you, but for your non-Christian friends who need him just as much as you do? But Jesus is not just relevant. He is essential. I think Weet-Bix are relevant. I have them for breakfast every morning. They provide fibre. They fill my stomach. They are very good for you. But they are just one of the options in the breakfast aisle. They are relevant, but not essential. It really doesn't matter if you choose something else. But Jesus is not like that. He is relevant and essential. What does he call himself? The gate. The shepherd. And it is only those who are his sheep who hear his voice for whom he is a good leader, whom he knows and loves, who he brings unity and peace, and whom he gives the solution to death. And so tonight you need to be persuaded that he is relevant to you and that you have him, because he is relevant and essential. That makes him worth telling others about doesn't it? For if he was just relevant, well, that would be interesting, and I would tell you from time to time about wheat bix and that you should eat them. But if it's relevant and essential, people need to know. Will they listen, though, if they're convinced he is not relevant? Well, look again at verse 16. There is a great encouragement here to finish up with. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is talking about people that he has never met, from nations that he has never met, in places where he has never been, and see his confidence. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. He is not hoping that his plan works. I'll die and rise again and hopefully some people will respond. No, he has some sheep. They are already chosen. And when the message comes to them, even if they think Jesus is irrelevant, when they hear his voice, they will respond. The people that you and I know who think that Jesus is irrelevant. He is relevant, he is essential, and some of them will hear his voice and turn to him. What a great encouragement. How will they hear his voice? Through the words of you and I. Jesus is relevant, he is essential, and he has sheep who will hear his voice through us. So it's worth making disciples. Let's pray.
Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you know our needs and our deepest wants. Father, we thank you that Jesus satisfies them all, that he is supremely relevant. Please persuade our hearts that he is relevant for us and relevant for every person. And Father, help us to see that he's not only relevant, but essential. And Father, we thank you for this great encouragement that Jesus has sheep. And when his sheep hear his voice through us, they will respond. So Father, with this encouragement, help us not to be discouraged, but to keep on living and speaking for Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.